0: i didn't think i would make it past 18 years old like i thought that was it like that was my life that ever. makes me sad to hear. <laughs> but that was the reality like i just didn't want to be on the planet anymore so i hadn't planned
1: what i was going to do in the future hello everyone thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the next episode of influence me with me Shaney ryan With 45% of the world's population now using social media on a daily basis, we are now more and more influenced by the people that we follow, but, Social media is such a tricky space to figure out what's real and what's in the highlight reel. So I wanted to create this podcast to dig really deep and get to know the people we look up to and get to know the person behind the digital fame. With this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to some incredible people with amazing journeys and stories to share that you can either relate to or be inspired by. Welcome to Influence Me. I first met Maddie, Bruce, how most girls meet, in the ladies' bathroom. We instantly clicked and developed a kind of big sister, little sister relationship dynamic, yet we both had so much to learn from one another. Her bravery and openness in speaking about her battles with her mental health have not only helped me in dealing with my own anxiety. They've also helped hundreds of thousands of young men and women via her social media platforms and her YouTube channel, where she's now got over nine million views. She's been featured in the Daily Mail and been a guest on Sky News discussing mental health. On top of that, she developed a line of phone cases featuring happy and positive sayings with profits going to the mental health charity, SANE. She's a mental health advocate, helping hundreds of thousands by breaking the stigma around mental health disorders. Please welcome to my sofa my dear friend maddie bruce Yay. hey thank you so much for coming on you were literally the first person i thought about when i thought about starting this podcast influenced me because you have influenced me a lot oh, over Sadie. the last few years thank since you. i met you and also because i'm really proud of your journey and everything that you've achieved um i'll let you tell the story about how we actually yeah. met it's a cute story <laughs> well we and met it's us. a typical story <laughs> for two girls meeting and becoming friends right it
0: was at an event, I think it was, was Yeah, it, it was
1: a, an event at the, the Ham Yard Hotel, Yeah, it was it?
0: amazing, yeah. down by the swimming pool. And I can't even remember, like, how we even got we're to just, talking. I think you were doing some photos Yeah, probably, and you were curious about, you know, what we were doing. And then we got chatting about, you know, what kind of the other person yeah. did. And then I think we just, like, scheduled in a date to meet up because we kept in contact after that yeah
1: it's like you were saying oh i'm a youtuber and mm. i didn't really know much else than that yeah. and you, i said oh i'm presenting and you were yeah. like oh i'm so interested in presenting i was yeah, like i'm yeah. so interested in youtube i know and then before you know it, it was just like all of a sudden we you yeah. were like yeah buddies on the phone um, yeah. and then I got to learn so much more about you, we mm-hmm. became friends, Yay. you've been coming to stay at my house when you're in I London, know. we've been to events together yeah, yeah. Um, and you're just so accomplished, how, oh, God, Well, you, no you are, you really <laughs> really are and it. you've had some amazing highs, mm. like amazing highs mm. but you've also had some very very low lows along your journey mm-hmm. um, what made you decide to start to talk about your journey in mental health um, publicly, because it's effectively set you up with your career, hasn't yeah. it?
0: Yeah. I mean, I did not intend this to be my career. I started off doing it, so basically a little bit about my backstory is I was in a psychiatric unit when I was 18. And um, I met a girl in there. So I was so new to this whole world of mental health. I didn't even know that mental health hospitals existed. But anyway, I met this girl in there and she basically kind of showed me that my mental health was not nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And so when I came out and I was kind of not really doing anything with my life, I went back onto Instagram and that's when I just started posting about how I felt. Like I was just being super, like almost using it as my diary because back in the day, like we used to post like, everything on Instagram, you know. Yeah. Whatever you eaten or like, you know, it'd be an instant thing and you'd say, Oh, like this is what I'm doing today. I'd just be like, oh this is how I'm feeling today, like I'm struggling a bit, etc. And then somehow
1: that kind of like pulled in an audience. Mm. Yeah. So when you first started making your content What was the initial reaction? Was it all positive or did you find it was like people going through the same thing or did you get some negative feedback?
0: I mean, on the whole, it was positive. It was mainly like other girls of a similar age or even younger that were going through a similar thing. Um, I think, you know, there's always going to be some negativity, especially like back in the day when I started talking about it, it wasn't as... As talked about back then so people were kind of like what is she doing like why is she sharing this kind of stuff online
1: so when you first started did you have just like a really regular small amount of following like a couple of people in your area yeah yeah yeah. 100 followers or something like that Uh how quickly did it grow it grew very
0: quickly because back in the day instagram wasn't as saturated as it is now Mm -hmm. like i don't know how it was just easier for people to find other people Mm. and um I guess yeah like I said people just found me somehow and there was this nice little like community on Instagram where we were all kind of like interested in the same things and we all also had our own like mental health struggles which we Mm. spoke about which was nice for me because aside from the girls that I was in hospital with I had never really come across anyone else who felt the same as me so like connecting with strangers on the internet like who have felt similar things is was like a new thing to me it was
1: like so amazing because originally you know it just started out as you were just reaching out kind of with your feelings but then you're starting to get people connecting back Uh with you and sharing stories yeah then you went on to youtube so what made you make the transition from just posting on instagram to going? do you know what i'm going to share my mental health Feelings journey on YouTube, and was it something that you kind of looked at as a professional thing, or was it still diary mode, like just off offsetting feelings?
0: Oh, oh my god, like all of this. I know, like you, you said the word content earlier. I didn't see it as content. I literally just saw it as me posting pictures mm-hmm. on the internet. I made a YouTube because people asked me to. Like, I didn't even know it was a thing.
1: Right. It was just
0: like, I guess you know, this was at the time where Zoella was starting to get big. Um, it was, YouTube was just, like, starting mm. up. And so people said, like, oh, you're so good about, like, speaking because I used to write these, like, long captions about how I felt. Which is still your Which trademark. Which I still do, it's yeah, still yeah, your yeah. trademark. Um, and then people said, you need to, like, put these into videos and like kind of give advice on the things you'd learn I mean I was still a baby I still had a long way to go in my recovery but I picked up a few tips and tricks along the way and even if I just said like oh I feel this way today then if someone can relate to me then that's good so like Mm. yeah literally I just started up a YouTube and started doing all the videos that Everyone else did at the time, you know, like what's in my handbag and my makeup routine, um, etc. And also on the side, I would do videos on mental health. Which one did you enjoy
1: most at the time?
0: Oh, do you know what? Probably at the time, I enjoyed just talking about makeup and stuff like that. Light-hearted. Light-hearted stuff, yeah, yeah because when you're fully in it, like, when this, I was still really unwell. It's like an escape from, you know, yeah. how you feel. So although it's helpful, like, and it was helpful for me at times, sometimes it felt like a big burden because I was unwell. And then I also had other people who were unwell coming to me and being like oh, this is how I feel. Like, sometimes it was quite overwhelming for me to deal with. Like, now I can deal with it because I'm well and I can choose who to to reply to and I don't feel as bad. But in the past, I used to be like, I have to reply to everyone that's, like, reaching out to me and commenting on my stuff.
1: Did you feel that took something away from your own recovery or do you think having those connections with people helped you?
0: It helped, yeah. I don't think it's ever taken anything away from my recovery. I think it's this... whole thing that helping other people helps you and like I don't know whether that's a selfish thing or not but me making these videos it does make me feel good yeah. because just knowing that I've helped like one person with just
1: talking about how I feel is obviously a good thing because you've been on YouTube and you've been on Instagram having known you for a while now it is Mm. your job and you try really hard to make it just in that job territory but obviously it's your life is what's interesting yeah. to people, what you're getting up to, what you're buying, what you're doing, mm-hmm. what you're moving. You do quite a lot of life content as well. Yeah. So are you finding that it's kind of your whole life almost with Instagram and YouTube and that you have to make a conscious effort to rein it back? Is it, Have you just fallen into the pattern where this is just now a part of your life and it's almost not job territory? I think,
0: so it became my job... Maybe Yeah, when did it become yeah. your job actually? That's it's, a good point. Yeah, let's talk about that crossover to making it my job because yeah, so I was, it was going, a hobby, right?
1: It was fine. It was my hobby. Yeah. I was just
0: going along like literally I had no idea about um upload times or when was the best time to upload, you know, yeah. when my followers were gonna yeah. be the most, you know, active. Like yeah. I would upload at two AM. Because that's when it felt like uploading. that's when I felt like, because that's when my internet was rubbish and it just went live. And then, you know, like still somehow like it got loads of views. Because, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have like audiences in other countries. Yeah. But YouTube was easier back then.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it became a hobby. And then, so on YouTube, you can sign to a YouTube network. Okay. So I had a YouTube network approach me. Um, Style Hall who have actually just pulled out of the UK. They're just in the US now Um, But they approached me with a job Okay, and this figure that they came to me with I had never Like seen a figure like that like I thought oh my god, I can make this money by just making one video Um, and I had I mean I had no one to advise me on whether that was like. Yeah, a you're doing good this amount. for free. Like I would have done. Like I was doing it for free. I was giving brands so like so much. Yeah, with for your free. makeup hauls. Yeah, and yeah, your yeah. Shopping because and... at the beginning, like people would promote. Uh, people would approach me and be like, "Oh, let's we'll send you this," and I'd be like,
1: "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Sending me free, free stuff. Free
0: stuff to do what I want to do yeah. anyway, which is make videos. Exactly. So then, when I got this job. I was like oh my goodness and I worked so hard on it and like I didn't realize that I would have had to send it over for approval beforehand like I didn't know how any of this process yeah. worked um so I did that and then just from then I just started getting more and more like work from mm. YouTube through through this um network and then like other people would approach me and I was handling it all by myself as like a 19 year old this is like
1: Quite a lot.
0: Quite a lot for me to do. Um, But anyway, I was, like, continuing. So after going into hospital, I then, like, rebuilt my life. YouTube was a massive part of that. Went back to college, finished my A-levels, and then decided I wanted to go to uni. That didn't work out for me. And at the time, my YouTube was, like, taking off, and I had had a few jobs Mm. and stuff. So I decided to drop out of uni and do it full-time as a job.
1: Yeah. Um, you struggled a little bit with uni, didn't you? Yeah. So just to touch on your mental health for anyone listening um, who is not quite sure about your journeys, mm. you've battled quite a few kind yeah. of different problems, haven't you? In the sense of anxiety, mm-hmm. some depression, some self harm, yeah, an eating disorder, which yeah, we'll touch which, on a bit in a, mm-hmm. in a bit, mm-hmm. um, and also borderline personality disorder, which yeah. is also known as BPD. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot to deal with yeah. at a young age. <laughs> That's a nice a little lot, handful, A lot it? to deal with. Uh-huh. What do you think, like where did you get the strength from to deal with all of that and do you think anything that you were doing in terms of social media had anything to help you with that? Or? Oh
0: like definitely I think I can't put it down to one thing I think it was you know loads of different factors my family was a huge factor like my mum hmm. she literally slept in my bed for like six months because really? she was so scared of me I mean I w- when I was 18 19 I was very very suicidal and would end up in A&E a lot, like following attempts and I got put in hospital um so my mum was so amazing and so supportive and would really help me like build my confidence when I got out of hospital and decided that I wanted to recover from this but then when I started doing YouTube like I said I found like-minded people like that really helped to have those people there for me and it also like Having people say nice things about you is obviously gonna help you as lift it? you up. Like compliments. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone wants to be complimented. Yeah. Um and it's amazing to have people saying nice things about me online, but one thing I have had to learn is that you can't rely on those people to yeah. lift you up. Like those people are not in charge of my recovery, I am. Mm. So it had to come from me. And I do think that having this whole YouTube thing not only gave me something to do, but sort of gave me something to look forward to in the future. Because Mm. for so long, like I I didn't think I would make it past 18 years old. Like I thought that was it. Like that was my life. That makes me sad to hear (laughs) that. But that was the reality. Like I just didn't want to be on the planet anymore. So I hadn't planned you know, what I was going to do in the future. And it took me a, a whole year of recovery to then decide that I was going to go back to uh, college and finish my A levels. Um, when I had like my big breakdown, as I call it, I really had to like reevaluate about what I wanted to do with my life. Mm. And so, yeah, like YouTube, it did. Like give me something to look forward to, and yeah. has helped me massively in my recovery. But also, you know, medication and therapy have also played massive parts. Yeah,
1: yeah. So with YouTube, obviously, you were a creator, but mm. at any point in your recovery, did YouTube work for you as an audience member? So did you rely on any other YouTubers in the mental health space, or did you watch anything that helped you, or kind of aided your recovery because obviously we've spoken about you being a yeah. content creator yeah, yeah, yeah. but as an audience member did any any person or, or
0: Do you know what it's weird out? because I don't actually watch that much YouTube really? and I never have
1: Okay. So I I
0: did used to really enjoy like Zoella's videos back in the day because yeah. like they were just really lighthearted and like an, an escape. Okay. Um and YouTube used to be like really sweet, like really nice um, place to be. Um, but I don't think, in terms of actually watching, there weren't many mental health YouTubers. Really? Out there, to so, do you think yet. you kind
1: of like were one of the first people in the space that really kind yeah. of blew up and made a difference? I mean,
0: a. Uh, uh, just a normal person because obviously you have like loads of professionals and like therapists and psychologists etc that were on there giving their advice
1: but like a a
0: young girl no
1: actually living breathing, experiencing that is it it was quite new to the the space did you have any problems with the content that you're putting out there from like the from YouTube and stuff like blocking videos or mm. or doing <laughs> doing anything to kind of hinder you getting that voice out there.
0: Yeah, they still do it. Um, really? Yeah, YouTube demonetizes all of my mental health videos. So, you know, I do a mental health Monday, Monday yeah. video, and then I do a normal video on a Thursday, and every single one Okay, maybe not every single one, but 99% of my videos get demonetized. Do you know why? I have been back and forth to youtube about it because you can dispute the claim and then they'll tell you like it's usually because i've mentioned the word depression or i've mentioned the word self-harm they basically it's because advertisers do not want to be associated with that like they've just at this point like i it wasn't as bad in the day like my my videos were still getting demonetized but they hide the videos they don't show them to people and yeah like you know Even though
1: what you're creating is positive and to help people, they still try to hide the content from the
0: audience. Mm yeah i make zero money off of my um mental health mondays but i love doing it so that's
1: why i do it that's yeah. them yeah i was going to say when yeah. you create any video around mental health um what what is the intention what's the motivation because obviously it's not money because you're still mm. making mental health mondays even mm. though you don't make any money off of yeah them. And it's your job so it's kind of like your pro bono videos isn't it? exactly
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> so what's the
1: motivation there
0: It's people's responses. Like, I get so many people come to me and say, like, how much my videos have helped them. And that, like, that literally means the world to me. Like, when people tell me, like, specifically, and also when they update me on, like, you know, advice that I've given them and they say, like, oh, I've gone to the doctors and, like, this is, like, my life is, like, going in this direction. And some people will come back and be, like, oh, like, we spoke in the past and now I'm married with three kids. Like, it's it's mad how, like, how much life can change. And I'm just, like, wow. Like, I've played, like, a small part in their recovery, but, like, I've managed to help them in some way. So,
1: like... And, and it amazing. must have made a, a decent impact for somebody who's moved on that much yeah. in their life to yeah. then still go, Do you know what? Let me like check back in with Maddie yeah. and let her know mm-hmm. that she's actually made an active difference in my, yeah. my well being, basically. Yeah. I know. That's really so nice. nice. See, really this nice. is why I say that when I watch <laughs> the things that you put out there to the planet and to the creative YouTube space or social media. Like, I'm always really proud and really, um, oh, ad, I, I've got a lot of admira- admiration for how you share your personal journeys to help others.
0: Thank you. I think it's
1: really important that there's people like you on the space. Um, you actually had a really difficult time of getting your diagnosis, didn't you? Like, yeah. it was a big, long journey, mm-hmm. um, which obviously I'd like you to talk about. Mm-hmm. But as well, when talking about that, if that's happened to you and you had you know all of this self-awareness to be able to create content around your experiences there's people out there that are obviously suffering in silence what advice could you give those people that are in the same situation where they are struggling to get diagnosis they're struggling to get recognition of what it is that they're actually suffering with or going through Mm -hmm. how would you how would you recommend that people deal with that um, if they're falling through the cracks or failing to get the diagnosis that they need
0: it's so difficult because when you're unwell you a lot of the time number one you don't want help like you just want to kind of wallow in self-pity and like you feel how you feel whatever so you're not going to take those active steps to then get diagnosed if you not know, if you know what I mean like <laughs> nowadays it is so hard like you really just have to push first step I always say to people is go to the doctor mm-hmm um, and they will refer you to someone more specialist to get a diagnosis. But with things like what I am diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, they can't actually diagnose you. Usually they don't diagnose people until they're 21 because they feel like you're still like developing as a person. Mm-hmm. but it's so clear to me like even when I was younger, like I can pinpoint like different like traits mm-hmm. that I have that are linked to borderline personality disorder. But they just, yeah, they don't like diagnosing people. So for so long, I was just told I had anxiety and depression. But I was always like, no, there's something more. Because my friends that have anxiety and depression don't have these same things. Like um, things around like relationships mm. and like reckless behavior, etc. That They're not like that. So <laughs> the advice on this is so difficult. But what I would say is just keep pushing for a diagnosis. Like chase Chase, Mm -hmm. like they will refer you to a service, find out exactly how long the waiting list is going to be for that service. And then when you get there, you need to make sure that you're asking questions to get what you want to get out of the thing. If you think that you have borderline personality disorder or any other um, mental illness, write down your symptoms and present them. So say, you know, this is how I'm feeling. I've noticed, like, I've done some research online. Obviously, it's not best to, like, self-diagnose, but it's it might be an idea to bring it to, like, a psychologist and say, look, like, I have these symptoms. What do you think? Like, do you think that this is, you know, this could be what it is?
1: Right. So yeah. you're kind of pushing the way yeah. and, and and kind of forcing the issue. But you bit.
0: have to. Like, with the mental health services nowadays, it's, like... The, the NHS does an amazing job, but it's so strapped, so you really have to, like, if you want to get stuff done, you have to, like, chase it or get your parents to chase it. Like, if you don't feel able to do that, like, mm. you yeah, you need to, like, push for a diagnosis. You just
1: mentioned some of your friends who have anxiety and depression, but mm-hmm. you just said it so casually. <laughs> like, it's just so normal. Yeah, my friends that have got anxiety and depression, is, is it that bad that it's kind of most people do you think are suffering at the moment, like in your circle or is your circle just more based around people that are experiencing the same thing as you?
0: I feel like I'm drawn to people who have been through similar experiences, aka like us. Yeah. Like it took you a while to open up to me. Definitely. But there was obviously a reason why we were like drawn together.
1: Absolutely. And (laughs) for those that don't know that about me, I had post-traumatic stress disorder after I was in the 7-7 bombings. So I'm a survivor of that. So I've suffered as well with anxiety, depression and post-traumatic stress disorder, which is something that me and Maddie have mm-hmm. in common. And I think, like you said, has really yeah. allowed us to have a major connection. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. it's You do definitely, I think, get drawn to people. You I, do. I met somebody really recently um, on holiday in Singapore and he had been through... Um, a war situation and had Mm -hmm. PTSD and it kind of came to light very quickly during mm-hmm. the conversation that it kind of came out that we'd both yeah. um, experienced this. And it's not something I talk about all the time to anyone. Like, a lot of mm-hmm. people could have known me 10 years and, mm-hmm. and be shocked to be like, I yeah. did not know that about you. Yeah. But there's definitely that thing that you're drawn to people that have 100%. had similar experiences. And I think it's a really good thing yeah. to, to yeah. connect with people that understand and talk. Like, then you realise you're not alone mm-hmm. and that things that you've experienced are just so normal if you've been through... You know, yeah. certain certain experiences that would bring you to those kind of outcomes in your in your in your mental health uh-huh, journey. 100%. Yeah. Um, do you think the label and the diagnosis of having BPD, or for example, somebody else saying, you know, anorexia mm. or whatever the mental health disorder may be, do you think actually getting the diagnosis is really important, or do you think people should maybe just trust their gut, trust their instinct, and follow their own lead? in going I think I might have you know x y and z and take the steps for treatment in that area whether that's you know because I know you've actually gone out and privately got a psychologist that you're Uh, happy with and you have a good connection with or do you think the diagnosis itself is super important to people just so that they have the validation maybe well this is this is a
0: huge thing isn't it validation so um I do think it's important because, especially with BPD, there's a specialist form of therapy called DBT, um, which is designed for that illness in mind. So I think in in terms of that, like it can be helpful to get specialist help. Like for example, eating disorders, there'll be like completely different, separate like mm. eating disorder um, clinics that help with that. But like we mentioned earlier, like I've only just opened up about my whole eating journey. Mm-hmm. I never got a diagnosis for that, so. I almost feel like it's not like a real thing because mm. I never actually got a diagnosis. Whereas that's not the case. It's, it's not, not it, at all. it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. I mean, it makes it confusing in my mind because I'm kind of like, I would kind of like someone to say, look, well, this is exactly what it is. Um, but getting actually diagnosed can be a bittersweet thing for a lot of people because it comes with stigma.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, obviously, I can only talk about borderline personality disorder. It's the same for so many different things schizophrenia, bipolar, etc. You say et you can
1: only speak about it, but you did speak about the, the eating disorder. Yeah. It feels like that yeah, was like yeah. a major oh, thing yeah. for you to come oh out my with goodness, without the diagnosis, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, I, um, yeah, I think. <laughs> it's so difficult because obviously i'm diagnosed with one and i know so much about borderline but then like eating i literally i don't know anything in terms of like recovery, recovery professional advice to give people for that um i think a lot of the time people google their diagnoses which um, is not helpful mm-hmm. because there's a lot of um, negative, mm. <laughs> negative ne- stuff around that. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe
1: Google is not the is way not forward. Is not the way
0: forward, no. Um, and, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people do self-diagnose and I... Uh, in a way, like it's not like I said earlier. If you do think that you've got something and you've seen all the symptoms and you think you might do, like go to a professional and get that proper diagnosis. Don't just go around telling people that that's what you've got. Mm. But equally, there are so many people who are so ill that walk around undiagnosed mm. um, because they might be scared, they might be in denial. You know, it's such it's such a tricky topic.
1: Yeah. Hey guys, just a quick break to tell you about our sponsors. I wanted to tell you about my favorite new app. It's called Kindred. In a nutshell, Kindred allows you to share the things that you love whilst also donating to the charity of your choice. Yes, it's literally as simple as that. You post your favorite new coat, trainers, lipstick, or any other product that you choose from the Kindred app. Then you make a genuine recommendation to your followers, and a percentage of every sale goes to your favorite charity. And if that wasn't good enough, a percentage of the sale also goes directly to you too. But if you're feeling super flush, you can always choose to give all of your commission away. You can download the app at www.kindred.co. That's www.kindred.co. Kindred, share what you love. I think in terms of, we're talking obviously, the podcast is called Influence Me, Mm -hmm. and you're very influential in a positive way. Um, I was obviously researching some stuff that I maybe didn't know about you. I've watched like a whole heap of your YouTube videos I'd Uh never seen before, Mm -hmm. um, and learned a little bit more about you, but I noticed that when you were talking about your eating disorder recently Mm. on your most recent YouTube video, if you haven't seen that yet, guys, please go and check it out, (laughs) because it's really interesting to watch you kind of go through that journey yeah. of like oh i'm going to admit that i yeah. think i have this but there's uh-huh. no diagnosis uh-huh. and it was almost like an imposter syndrome happening yes, over exactly. over your diagnosis exactly. not being diagnosed but being self-diagnosed mm-hmm. um but you yourself had been influenced by the trend on social media oh, of yeah. the thigh gap mm-hmm. and that then fed into you kind yeah. of having an eating disorder um and then Equally though, now the trend has changed mm-hmm. and social media is a more positive space yeah. where the focus is health, yeah. fitness, well being, yeah. yoga, yeah. veganism, like everything is kind of going towards the more health Mm-hmm. awareness and mental health awareness mm-hmm. and also well-being awareness space yeah. that has actually helped you yeah. recover from yes. this thigh gap obsession that started your eating disorder in the first place so talk to me a little bit about how you've been influenced by social yeah. media so, in the negative and the positive state
0: uh-huh so Yeah, social media always, you know, there's the the ideal body type all the time. And when I was really young... It's changed a bit, hasn't it? Oh, yeah.
1: It's like Twitch skinny to Mm -hmm. like boobs and bum. I know, isn't that weird? I know, crazy. People are buying bottoms now. (laughs) You don't need to do that. I definitely do not need to buy a bottom. I have plenty that I can share for myself.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think social media was a very negative space when I first joined it. I mean, body wise, like we weren't as health conscious, we were more focused on this whole thigh gap narrative. Um, and as a young girl, I was influenced by that. Obviously, it's not like I didn't see it online and thought, oh, like, I'm going to get an eating disorder because I want to look like that. But it feeds into you because you're just constantly like scrolling all day, every day. Like, that's, mm. you know. You just start to see this that's image how of skinny, it is, was. Pretty. skinny yeah. is
1: pretty. Mm.
0: Exactly. And then I started to see that people were going to this thing called the gym and I'd never set foot in a gym before and I talked about this in the video, I went to the gym and I was still carrying on with very like unhealthy eating habits but I then like had this kind of shift in my mind and I didn't even necessarily like follow any fitness people online, like I hadn't really discovered that side of it. I just thought like my friends were like going to the gym and like working out and trying to get a bum and whatnot and I thought, oh my goodness, like, I am going to feel so much better if I actually feed my body right and then just exercise mm-hmm. because I was eating so unhealthily. And I, I mean, I was eating small amounts of very unhealthy, like sugary, horrible food. And I then just started wanting to learn more about, you know, this whole lifestyle. Mm. And it just so happened that at that same time Instagram was going through that shift where, yeah, everyone was like wanting like to fit. they were fit. But equally, let me just point out that that can still be unhealthy.
1: Yeah. The obsessive gym. Uh hours. You know, replacing anorexia with Mm over-exercising, for example. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. And I've had to be very careful. So recently I have unfollowed every single fitness account off of my Instagram because... I would watch their videos and not use them as, like, helpful workout guides. I would criticise myself for not looking how they do. Right. And that's just how I work. So I find it more helpful to, you know, I'll search for a guide if I need it. Yeah, but if not I have do it constantly. Workout, but I won't have it on my feed.
1: Right, because you don't want to be scrolling and seeing. Yeah. Do you think um, social media's got a lot to answer for when it comes to yeah. body image?
0: Oh, definitely. Mm. Like, literally, it, you know, it is the ideal body type. Everyone is now trying to, like, tailor their body slash facetune themselves to look like yeah. a Kardashian.
1: Yeah, it's literally, yeah. like, big boobs, small waist, big bum.
0: But you've literally got that naturally, so <laughs> everyone's basically <laughs> trying to look like you.
1: No, not at all. I'm definitely guilty of a little face tune here and there, definitely. a Bit of skin smoothing. Yeah, it's not it's good. Smooth. You shouldn't do it. I think it's, it's something I'm going to definitely consciously try and step away from. I think... It's hard when you see imperfection on social media mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. You don't then want to go and put out an image of yourself where no. you're like, "Oh, check out my cellulite. It looks so beautiful in this photo." You're like, "Oh, I could just really quickly get rid of that." But it's not a good. It's not it's a good just habit. Cellulite is normal. It's people. totally normal. <laughs> you're totally right. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that one, Maddie, for sure. Um, so you eventually got your diagnosis mm. of BPD. What is it exactly? Um, Oh God, here we go. Yeah, what is it exactly? Please um, educate me and our lovely listeners today. On my NHS
0: like therapy, I had a support worker person that came to my house every day Um, And she kind of mentioned like, oh, you're displaying some of these symptoms she wasn't qualified to. But then I ended up, yeah, going to private therapy. And after like a few sessions with this guy, he was like, have you ever been told that you've been diagnosed with anything other than anxiety and depression? And I was like, well, yeah, like I've had this mentioned to me before, but I've no idea what borderline personality disorder is. Mm -hmm. And he was like, this is what it is. Like, this is what you've got. So what is it? So I mean, I'm not even sure that I can give a proper description of it. But essentially, what it comes down to is, there's nothing wrong with my personality. I don't know. It's quite. I mean, they have changed the the actual name of it. I don't know if this is um, any better. Emotionally unstable. Emotionally unstable personality disorder. Okay. Of. Basically, yeah, it, it's that my emotions can they change a lot so you know with bipolar people are probably um more aware of that where people have the mood swings mm-hmm. people with bipolar can have um long periods where they're really really down and then they'll have manic periods
1: mm-hmm.
0: but um borderline personality disorder is that that dense down okay so that can happen to you in a day in a few hours so, you can go so your moods end. yeah your mood swings are like you know very rapid it's <laughs> like a roller coaster it's just all over the place and so, people with BPD are not able to regulate their emotions very well, and so that leads to lots of unhelpful behaviours like self harm, suicide attempts. Um, a lot of people um, do, you know, reckless behaviour. A lot of people are like addicted to gambling, online shopping, etc. Um, going around and sleeping with loads of people. And also, there's another element to it in that um, relationships are very difficult. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, Yeah, um, you know, with a partner or with friends or whatever, because Mm. you also have a very unstable image, like sense of self. So um, you're constantly like reaching out to other people to like validate you.
1: Which is what you were saying about the comments on social media. Oh, yeah. So the most recent stat is that around 5% of the UK Mm. are walking around with undiagnosed BPD. Mm. Yeah, so... Is that the motivation behind you trying to really break down the stigma around BPD? Because mm-hmm. according to these stats, it's you know, you're not far from somebody that would have yeah. uh, be suffering suffering themselves. I mean, and probably just undiagnosed or unaware.
0: Yeah. Completely thing, unaware. So many I think with borderline so many people are living like so unaware because it just you just become used to it. Like, just having you're, a hard time yeah, and not knowing your that behaviors, actually, you just you you, yeah, you've just grown up, you've learned to think like that. Like usually, people with BPD have gone through like a trauma, you know, early on in life, so Mm. that's triggered it off. Um, I wanna make videos about BPD because when you Google it, there's so much negativity and such a huge negative stigma around it. I want people to see my videos on it come up when they Google it and see that I'm talking about it in a positive light. Now, BPD is not something you can ever fully recover from mm-hmm. because it's like, it's your it's a personality trait, so it's kind of like, it's, it's there, but you can, you can be almost to a level of recovery where it doesn't even bother you in the slightest like it kind of just lies like dormant in the back of your mind is that where you're at now? yeah that's where i'm at now like i mean it has flare-ups like any illness yeah um but a lot of people you know they can have chronic illnesses that flare up now and then um but on the whole like they've got it under control but to get it under control like you have to go through a journey of like medication and real therapy
1: and working on yourself Mm, that self-awareness that you obviously now have you mentioned them it can really affect your relationship so yeah like in the past it
0: hasn't I did not handle relationships well um, but it's just kind of what you have learned to do like you it's been something in my head that like I would like threaten to like kill myself if someone broke up with me because that's the only way that I thought I could like keep them there like as if that's gonna make someone want to stay with with you 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 know but in my head that was like the normal thing to do I didn't realize how dangerous and damaging that was Mm. Um, but now like I'm able to um, think about things before I say them So for people
1: that are listening who are not in a relationship or maybe Mm. scared to get into a relationship because they don't know how to broach the subject of their mental health, whatever the disorder may be, Mm -hmm. can you give some kind of real takeaway, practical tips on how you would handle that situation, because the world of dating now is crazy different. I know, I know When I got so into scary. my relationship 10 years ago, <laughs> yeah. it was just like normal. You meet someone, you go yeah. on a date, and mm-hmm. you decide if you like each other. Yeah. Now there's online dating and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess people are meeting each other slightly differently. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like people treat dating, uh, people quite disposable, aren't they? It's literally like, I think yeah. swipe left, swipe right is the yeah. term. Um, but for those people that are meeting somebody and they like them and they want to take the relationship to the next level, but they haven't spoken about whatever their kind of mental mm-hmm. health issue is, what advice yeah. can you give to people that are, are just scared? Do you do it early on? Do you get it out the way or do you wait until you're sure? Because it, I, I guess that's a really hard thing to navigate. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't do it early, early, early on. Like I wouldn't have it as the first thing you say to someone. Um, I think with me though it's hard because if I was to go on a date with someone now they could literally just like google me and find out my whole life story. <laughs> like, they you literally like, oh, don't even
1: need to go on the so- date with you they, no, they just, don't. just- watch a few of your youtube episodes and be like okay (laughs) cool so she's into makeup she's into hair she's got bpd yeah (laughs) um
0: i just i think the best thing is to just casually drop it into conversation because it's not a big thing like it's a part of you like anyone like we're all normal functioning human beings like just because we've got things like ptsd and borderline personality disorder doesn't make us like any less of a human being or like a bad person etc it just brings a little extra summit into our lives a little spice a little fire, a little, little fire in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> but it also, I find, you know, it also makes you means that you're more self aware and that you've learned a lot more about yourself. So
1: yeah. you know, you mentioned your mum earlier and your family being mm. the the reason, I guess, that you even triggered your recovery in the first place. Um, for all those people listening who have got a family member, a partner, a friend yeah. who is suffering with some form of mental health di- disorder. How, how would you advise them to manage that? Because I think for the friends and the family, it can be so tough to mm-hmm. know when to be firm. Because you said yeah. some days you would like, oh, yeah. go mental at your parents yes. and they'd take your keys away and say yeah. you weren't allowed to drive and mm-hmm. you'd be really angry mm-hmm. at them. And it's like, do they give in? Do they not? Know. Like, how, how, is there any kind of thing that you've learned um, in terms of advice that you could give to people that are maybe listening and want to yeah. help someone that they love? deal with their mental health issues. It is so difficult. Like, I do not envy the position that my
0: mum was in with me because I wouldn't have known how to deal with me. Mm. And, you know, I really feel for the parents because they also don't really get a mention in this whole thing. Like, it's usually all about the individual, isn't it? But there's a whole, like, lot of Mm. friends and family around them that also have to deal with it and have to pick up the pieces, like, on a daily basis. What I would say is just talk. Mm. Just talk to your child or your sister or your brother, whoever it is that is going through. Let them know that you are there for them. And I think it's important that they know that you're not going to judge them because Mm. a lot of people are afraid to speak out Mm. because they think that 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 person is going to judge them. Definitely. Yeah. Um, And I think... I mean, in terms of like helping someone that's seriously suicidal, like my parents were right to be firm with me. Don't be scared of your child kicking off at you because in the long run, it's going to be better for them. Like my parents didn't let me drive a car because I would have driven in my car into a tree and crashed it because that's what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, So, you know, take the hit. (laughs) Yeah. Take them being angry at you mm. for, you know, the peace of mind of knowing that they're definitely be okay.
1: And I can relate to that. When I, uh, the days after 7-7, I mm-hmm. became, like, completely obsessed with the news and wanting to mm. know what had happened, who was yeah. responsible, why this had happened, what yeah. they were doing about it. And I literally had, like, the BBC news on a loop. Like, it was oh. repeating every yeah. hour. Like, I wasn't watching oh, no. anything different. I just needed it to be on in case something new came up. Uh-huh. And I literally was, like, watching it, watching it, watching it. And in the end, my mum, like, literally took the yeah. plugs off of every TV in the yeah. house and was just like no TV in this house mm-hmm. until she's in a better place and yeah. banned all TVs and it was just crazy and I was so angry I was just like why mm-hmm. are you doing this to me like yeah. I need I have the right to know what's going on yeah. like you don't understand and I was yeah. so angry that nobody could understand uh-huh. what I would have just witnessed and been through yeah and I was probably so shit to her like yeah. so <laughs> awful to her um, and so angry and aggressive and she just was just did not care she was just like, I'm sorry Shaney you yeah don't like it that's fine you can be as mad as you want but it's not changing the situation and I do think sometimes a firm hand is definitely needed because yeah. it was not healthy <laughs> me just staring at the same old tapes of what was going on mm-hmm. so yeah definitely definitely um Top five practical tips for keeping yourself in a happy mood and keeping yourself uplifted. Oh,
0: now you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, well, I just feel like having <laughs> you on my
1: podcast right now is just like the perfect chance to kind of give mm-hmm. people real yeah. tangible advice that yeah. they can go away and use. Number one, talk to
0: people whether that's a therapist, whether that's a friend, a family member, it's like I kept my feelings bottled up for so long and then they boiled over, had a massive breakdown, it's not good. (laughs) So it's important to get your feelings out. Number two, no matter how you feel every day, do something like get up or put some makeup on or even change your pajamas if you're feeling like you don't even wanna get out of bed. Do something every day that you can feel like you've achieved that you, Mm. you, like however big or small, like when I was really suicidal, I would like praise myself for having a shower.
1: Because, I was going to you know, say, just yeah. having getting just, out of bed and having a yeah. shower, even if you get back into your pajamas, exactly, just like it just kind of shifts your energy, doesn't mm-hmm. it?
0: But also make sure that you've like praised yourself for doing that, and and don't beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. Oh well, actually, that's tip number three. Don't be so hard on yourself mm-hmm. because this recovery is a process it is not linear it is going to go up down round and round like you are going to get tested at so many different points Mm. in your life you're going to have so many highs and lows so just be gentle on yourself because all you can do is do your best in Mm. that exact moment with the knowledge that you have at that moment Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely and to add to that loneliness is a big problem with mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, Worldwide, it's a problem, but approximately in the UK alone, 9 million people have gone on record to say that they suffer with feeling lonely. You have created an entire online community. You have 145,000 subscribers looking at your YouTube channel. And that is alongside actually working completely on your own mm-hmm. at home every day. Mm-hmm. I really feel like that qualifies you to kind of give some tips on people that are self-employed or mm-hmm. people that feel lonely. And it's such a big problem in the UK. So what do you do to have that balance?
0: Yeah. And let me add to that. I also live, new collections live, as well live by myself.
1: Yeah. You live by yourself as well. So
0: That's just, yeah. Um, loneliness is um, something I've been thinking about a lot recently um, because I feel like as creators, <laughs> it's it's such a juxtaposition because we have all of these people online. And we also seem like we're all doing lots of stuff with lots of people. But the reality of, mm. you know, this industry yeah. is that you're by yourself, by a laptop or a, a computer a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Always. So my tips for people um, that do feel lonely if they're self-employed is I always schedule in to see one friend a week, and that doesn't—that may not sound like a lot, but sometimes my work takes over like 20, 24/7, like even my weekends. So a lot of the time, I don't even have time to like see my friends. Like I also have learned the importance of taking time for myself, like in the day, like obviously with this job you're constantly online you're constantly doing stuff like it's so important to take yourself out of that and just like connect whether that's yoga going for a walk whatever
1: like mm-hmm. before i would have been like
0: yoga but like it <laughs> actually does really help it does work i yeah. do it once a
1: week every saturday i go and do a whole uh-huh. yoga class and yeah. my brother's just started joining me for the class as well which is quite nice because then i get to see him and yeah i get to do that thing for myself and it sounds
0: kind of counterproductive saying oh spend time by yourself to beat loneliness but The more you do this and you are mindful in those moments, the more comfortable you will become in yourself. And I feel like that eases the loneliness. Yeah, yeah, on the whole, just also make sure you leave your house in the day. Mm -hmm. Like for me, sometimes I go days where I'm literally just sat at my desk and like I need to take myself out and go for a run or go for a walk or even go to... Like it's... (laughs) It's not sad, but it is sad that I'm like, that my interaction with the supermarket cashier is like my only like social interaction yeah. of the day, you know? Yeah. Um. But it is important to like- Have some Have something. Because your family live your really day. far away, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, they do.
1: Um, how do you switch off from creating content? Because from what you just said, it sounds like mm. you're very bad at that, Maddie Bruce. Oh,
0: I'm so bad, but I've also <laughs> had to like because I'm so bad, and like what I do is I get to a point where I just get so overwhelmed. You just
1: go on holiday, and just, don't like, you? I'm, I'm having a I'm having a tech-free week. Yeah.
0: Um. So, like I said, like I I make time for myself in the day. And this is so hard because even when I'm walking my dog, I'm on my phone. Like, even when I'm doing yoga, I'm thinking about, okay, like, what am I filming today? Like, what is my agenda for the day? When I do something like that, like, read a book, go somewhere, whatever... I just do that right. and I am just like fully in the moment and I practice my mindfulness which I'm still not like an expert. I'm so at.
1: terrible at mindfulness <laughs> like... so terrible I try yoga is the one place that I think I'm mindful uh-huh. and I like really take in like my environment how my body feels I listen to my body. Like I try and clear my mind. I take in the smells, even mm-hmm. though to be fair, it smells pretty gross. <laughs> I was gonna say sweaty bodies. hot
0: yoga. Like they, how they
1: sage the room before, and then they put on like essential oils. I could in the not room, do that. Like so it doesn't smell ha- so bad. No, but, I Yeah, you'll do have to come yoga. one
0: time. It's so good. But I hate saunas, and I just feel like it would be like doing. Yeah, yoga it's quite like doing yoga. In sauna. No, it's a no from me. But I like
1: normal <laughs> yoga we'll do a normal do- yoga class <laughs> it is good I promise you it's just like sweating yeah. out all the negative energy yeah Yeah. <laughs> so you just try to be really mindful in whatever it is that you're doing away mm-hmm. from the desk basically
0: yeah have time away from your phone as well like that's so important I've got that I don't know if you have it the time allowance no I don't I've got like a time allowance that gives me an alert if I've like spent like, so I've got it at three hours on my phone right. and it comes up when I've spent that three hours. So, right. like, and I will also like physically leave my phone in the other room if I need to get something done. So I'm not like constantly picking it up.
1: Yeah. Cause it's a habit thing, right?
0: Oh, it's a habit. Yeah. And then just scroll like through Instagram. It's not even like.
1: Yeah. You get a notification come up, you pick up yeah. the phone. Yeah. And then yeah. you're just there for like 10 minutes going, where did, why, why, what am I, <laughs> what-, <laughs> what am I looking at? Why <laughs> am I doing this? Oh, hold on. I'm supposed to be doing that yeah. let me get rid of my i do that all the time yeah. brucey bonus what is your future looking like and i want to talk about future mm. specifically with you yeah. because you didn't feel like you had one yeah and that you wasn't going to be here at I this know. point the fact that you are and that you're so well what's the future looking like for you what have you got planned over the next five years would you do say you know
0: what like old me would be like oh my goodness like i never even thought that, that question you, would be overwhelming wouldn't it? wouldn't it yeah and now here i am so career wise i like the thing is i don't think i'm going to be doing youtube forever like as much as i love it like youtube is just so saturated mm. at the moment and i am really really thinking about where i can go to next like all i know is that i want to do something where i help people and i have this like knowledge that i've built up over the years so i've just got to find some way to like monetize that so i can actually like afford yeah. to live and um also like enjoy what i'm doing so i feel like the right opportunity will present itself Mm. to me um in terms of like my career but for the moment i'm just going to keep on like putting videos out until like no one watches them
1: so a lot of influencers that i've spoken to about the podcast and coming on the show have been saying the same thing as you that they don't see themselves Mm. being an influencer in like kind of as soon as three years time yeah because they feel like YouTube has changed. Instagram is really screwing people over on engagement and productivity on there. Mm -hmm. So it's not as beneficial you know uh, in terms of satisfaction but also financially so I feel like you're not the only person that's looking towards kind of what's Mm -hmm. next after social media yeah um are you noticing that as well with other influencers, definitely yeah
0: definitely I feel like everyone feels like the same and it's not to say that we're not going to be influencers because you can be an influencer in like whatever you do in life right like I feel like influencers are still going to be influencers but like not not necessary on social media like uh, there may be a whole new platform or like whatever like some people may go and like just give talks around the world mm. or like yeah.
1: all sorts of topics like who knows mm. um yeah. i'm gonna ask you the question that i'm going to be asking every single guest that comes on influence me sure. final question what is the caption you want to leave our listeners with it today and do not forget the hashtags
0: you live most of your life inside your head make it a nice place to be
1: ah oh, that's beautiful hashtag
0: hashtag positive self-talk
1: love it Uh, Mm. where can people find you on social media maddie so they
0: can find me at maddie underscore bruce on instagram and at the maddie bruce on youtube
1: Guys, thank you so much for joining us. What an incredible episode, so inspiring. I urge you to immerse yourself in Maddie's world. Whenever you feel low, just check out her Mental Health Monday videos on her YouTube and follow her on social media if you've ever battled any form of mental health problem. She has a real skill for ensuring her audience never feel alone and for totally normalizing mental health and helping you take control. If this episode has helped you in any way or you've just enjoyed listening, please do subscribe and rate this podcast wherever it is that you listen so that we can reach more people and also help to normalize mental health don't forget to share this with anyone in your life that you feel might benefit from hearing what we've talked about today and if you share it on social media i will be sure to give you a repost just give me a follow at shanie underscore ryan i just wanted to say a mega thank you to our sponsors today kindred share what you love Influence Me was written and presented by me, Shaney Ryan, and produced and edited by Dawn Kelly for Birdline Media. Follow them at Birdline Media and follow me on Instagram at Shaney underscore Ryan. Our theme music is by Lee Music, and if you like today's show, be sure to rate us wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks when you can catch my next special guest.